This is the Happy Families Podcast with Dr Justin Coulson, where Luke and Susie, a husband and wife radio team with three young boys. This is the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants some answers now. As a parent, sometimes we feel like we just have to go it alone and we have to uh, to work things out all by ourselves and we feel like we're frauds half the time, Suze. <laughs> I was so impressed when uh, someone uh, gave me a call recently, not because they felt that I was any parenting expert, but because what they saw in their son was a personality and a character that they saw in me. <laughs> and so they reached out to me and said, I- my son just seems to not be trying um, and his personality is a lot like yours. So they, they kind of reached out and they went, what do you think I should do? How do you think I should deal with this? He's at school and he doesn't seem to be care- caring less about his grades, about his effort. And she goes, I don't care what his grades are. I just want him to do his best. And if that means it's a D, then that's great. As long as you it's know he's his trying best. his, his yeah. best. That's all I want for him. But how do I get it out of him? From happyfamilies.com.au, joining us in the studio, Dr. Justin Coulson, to address this big question about what do you do when your kids won't try? Yeah. So we've got, a, we've got a teenager who's basically just breezing through doing the bare minimum possible um, at, that, he, that he can get away with at school. And his mum is sort of at the end of a tether, not because she cares about his grades, she does care about his future and giving him but the best shot. But she cares about him. But she cares right? about him and him learning to give things his best shot because right, so, that's a good skill to learn. In so it. question one, hands up if as a teenager you didn't really try hard at everything. Oh, no, I always tried really, really hard. Okay. Yeah, I mean, let, let's face it, every yeah. single one of them, this is almost a <laughs> developmental reality for yeah. most kids unless we are on their back cracking the whip. Yeah. And, and to be truthful... If you have a look at the way our schools are set up and the way our curriculum works, yeah. uh, it kind of makes sense. I mean, I, I had a, a funny experience uh, a couple of years ago with one of my kids. She was in year nine. She came home. She said, Dad, what's a surd? And I said, please don't speak like that. <laughs> <laughs> she said, what's a surd? I said, I, I, I have no idea. I will have to ask Google. Why do you ask? She said, well, today in maths, we were learning about surds. I said, oh, it's a mathematical thing. She said, yeah. I said, okay, so so what, what's a surd? She said, well, let me finish the story. Today in maths, we learned about surds and I just couldn't see the point of it. Like, surds just seem so stupid. Why am I learning about surds? And so during the day, she went and asked three or four other school teachers who weren't in the maths department what surds were and they all stared at her blankly and had yeah. no idea. Then she came home, she asked me, I had no idea. She said, and I, I'm always directly quoting, she said something like, Dad, I've asked all of these intelligent school teachers and now I've come home and asked you and you've got a PhD what a cert is and nobody knows what a cert is. So when am I ever going to need to know what a cert is for the rest of my life? Why am I learning this? What's the point? <sighs> and, wow. and I was like, oh, I love this the way these kids think. what happens when they start to she grow up. She must be so wonderful and painful to live <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> my, my, my point is it shouldn't be surprising to us that our kids are lacking motivation because we're forcing them to do a whole lot of stuff that they're not interested in and mm. that, frankly, may not be yeah. particularly important. Now, Now, let's... Be real. Some of it actually is important. They're still not interested anyway. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that we need to be mindful of. The first is that there are these basic psychological needs that we all have. And when we meet these psychological needs, we become motivated and we feel good. Mm-hmm. But when we don't meet these psychological yeah. needs, I know I'm getting theoretical, but, but, but I'll keep it really, really, really brief. Yeah. These three psychological needs are these. Number one, competence. When I feel like I can do something competently, I'm motivated and I feel good. 
You think about your kids, though, when you ask them to do something that's hard and they're not sure if they can do it, particularly if it's really hard, how motivated are they most of the time? Like, I can't do it. It's too hard. Yeah, they, they, they collapse on the floor yeah. and they cry and they say, my legs hurt. Yeah. I can't do it. I, I mean, did the same thing just the other day. Right. Was, yeah. so, so motivation uh, is high when we feel like we can do something and it's low when we feel like we can't. That's kind of like a reality, unless you're a little bit weird like me and you yeah. get excited when it's like, you want me to do what? Well, I've never done that before. How exciting. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's kind of weird. What's next? Okay, so we want our kids to feel like they're mastering. Yeah. That's what competence they is all about. They can do it, yeah, so they're yeah, motivated yeah. to. The, the next one is relatedness needs. So if I've got an adolescent who just isn't motivated to do anything, the question I'm going to ask is, who who is this kid in a relationship with yeah. that could either boost or reduce yeah. uh, th- their motivation? I don't know if you've noticed this, but as humans, and particularly for teen, I mean, for teenagers, friends are oxygen. Yeah. And so they might not want to do anything at all, and then suddenly they discover that that girl or that boy that they're interested in just happens to really like yeah. horse riding mm. or really like soccer. And next thing you know, they're signing up for horse riding or yeah. soccer or netball yeah. or whatever it is, and they're like, oh, my friends are doing it or the person that I'm interested in is doing it. Relatedness will be a motivator. If, we can, if we've got a child who's not motivated to do something, who yeah. do they like who is doing it and how can we get them together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, see, these are these are two really good points. In the first one, uh, the, the competence, we can see that in probably all of our children to some extent. We can see the relatedness. I think, in particular, in our oldest yeah. child. Um, but I actually also think the team where the, the original question came from, th- these don't apply. Really competent, and he'll almost do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. <laughs> like he he doesn't care about fitting in. He's well, quite comfortable. Yeah, that with feeds in really neatly out. to the last one. Okay. Yeah, and okay. the last psychological need that we've got is autonomy. We want to feel like we've got a choice. And the reality is that most of our kids don't get to choose a lot. I mean, our kids get choice. Mm -hmm. Let's let's be honest. They they do. But the big choices, do you have a choice about going to school? No. You go to school. And and so as our kids are compelled, you know, they're forced to choose subjects that they don't want to choose in high school. Or they're forced to do this or that or the other. I I, I do a lot of work in schools where there's a lot of uh, pressure on kids, a lot of high-performing parents who expect high-performing kids. Uh, Those kids feel so much pressure. They feel so much stress. They feel such a lack of control over their own lives that their well-being goes down. They've got to have some sense of choice. So when they feel like they're good at stuff, when they feel like their relationships are strong and they feel like there's choice, they'll be motivated. But you know what? Even with that, there's got to be two other things that they've got to be really quickly mentioned. The first is purpose. If there's no purpose to it in their mind, like what am I doing this for? Where am I headed? Where are we going with this? Why would I make all this effort? Why would I act motivated if this isn't going to get me where I want to go? And I think that's his head and a hammer hitting it Mm. (laughs) right there. What I've heard from this team that we were initially talking about that's his question. Right. And then we then we say these really unfair things to our 15-year-olds like, well, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I don't even know what I want to do with my tomorrow. <laughs> like, how can we yeah. ask it? I, yeah. I know that there's a small percentage of 15-year-olds yeah. that really do know, but mm. many of them don't. And so then we say, well, you've just got to work hard so that you can have all your options open, yeah. which is a fair enough thing to say. Mm. But boy, oh boy, when you're a 15-year-old and you just want to play Fortnite or you just want to go to the beach or the park or ride your bike or your skateboard or hang out yeah. with your friends on Snapchat, uh, golly, that's, that's hard. And and the, the second thing that I'd say for any parent who's really struggling with this is understand, and it's so hard for us to do it, we're lousy at it, but give them in fantasy what they can't have in reality. When they whine and say, I can't, I don't want to, it's horrible, what you do is you don't say, well, I don't care, you've just got to do it. You don't fight with them, you say, I know. 
It feels so hard when you're 15 and you just don't want to do it. It feels like it's pointless. It feels like it's purposeless. I get that. Wouldn't it be great if you could just do whatever it is that you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you wish you could blah, blah, blah. Give them in fantasy what they can't have in reality. As you give them two or three of those kind of sentences, they'll relax. They'll be like, yeah, I do wish I could. Oh, boy, I, you'd really understand. I wish that I didn't have to do this. And then you say, I know. Now, what can I do to support you to get this done? Yeah, great. Yeah, That's it's good. it's such a it's such a new world we live in too. And I, I'm not a parenting expert, and I'm not a psychologist, but I can tell you about the modern world that we live in. You want to keep your options keep your options open for your children. Let me tell you, whatever options you think are available right now, in a year or two, <laughs> they're going to be completely different. And we're no longer in a world where you have to what you do at 15, 16, 17, 18 restricts or advances what you decide to do when you're 20. Like, the options are open. It's a flexible, ever-changing world. What they learn in year one of uni is usually outdated by year two, certainly by year four. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, one other really important thing here, just focus on what they love. Yeah. You know, tap into their strengths. If they love rugby league or AFL or, you know, their sport, or if they love writing or if they love whatever... Just give them every opportunity to go down that path. Don't say no. Just say, sure, let's give it a go. Mm. Dr. Justin Coulson, as always, wonderful, helpful, insightful. Thank you for your time. Great to be with you. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a moment to rate it on iTunes. When you do that, it increases the visibility of the podcast and helps more people to find it. And if you're not a subscriber, jump onto Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you can hear every episode as soon as it is uploaded. For more information on all of Dr. Justin Coulson's books, programs and podcasts, go to happyfamilies.com.au or if you'd like to have Dr. Justin Coulson speak at your school or event, go to justincoulson.com.au.